0: Welcome to the Shoulda Backed It podcast. Punters had their eyes on the sky in Melbourne as the afternoon rain turned the All-Star Mile market on its head. In the end, it was left to the two imports, Mugatu and Russian Camelot, to battle it out for the $5 million purse. Meanwhile, up in Sydney, Crone franked its Magic Millions form to burst clear and take out the Group 1 Coolmore Classic. To talk through all the action from a big All-Star Mile day is Australia's number one tipster and form analyst Chris Venuccio. Now, Big V, what is the opposite of a rain dance? Because I reckon that's what you were doing yesterday.
1: Yeah, hello, Phil. It was a tough day for me. I had my fingers crossed all day that the rain wouldn't come, checking the radar, you know, every half an hour and, yeah, I was was all in on Probabil and I was just hoping that the rain held off, or if it did come just uh, be a few drops, but it was, when it came, it It was just relentless, and it was actually heavier than I thought. And that track, I think officially it was a soft six, but that that would have been closer to a heavy.
0: Yeah, it certainly wasn't a track that was going to suit Probabil, and I think that became apparent uh, about the race before when they basically were walking up the straight in those conditions. I think they ran about 28 for the last 400 in that race, and as soon as I saw that big V, I thought, oh, don't think Probabil will be winning the All Star mile if that's how the track's playing because, yeah, it really was, looked a lot worse than a, a soft track and was really made for horses like Muga 2 and Russian Camelot who do thrive in those conditions.
1: And it was a character building day for myself. <laughs> I think, cause I'm not, I'm a very impatient punter. If I like something, I just want to back it if I find a good price. But I think when you're getting a day like the, the rain is coming and you just don't know when it's going to hit. I think in these types of instances you just got to wait until the last five minutes before the race before you start putting your investments on i mean and then i was surprised in the all-star mile that probably still started a three dollar fifty favorite it went out to a four dollars and that's when the big punters came in and, and backed it because i it was looking a long way out that russian camelot was going to be the new favorite
0: well, yeah, Russian Camelot kept uh, shortening throughout the week, but as soon as we saw that race I, I mentioned beforehand, it just came straight in. After that, came into about three dollars fifty. I jumped on thinking, "Oh no, it's gonna you know start two ninety three dollars away." It was sort of coming in, but but you're right, the market sort of did just rationalize a little bit, and probably had a little bit of money for it towards the end as well, which I was a little bit surprised about. To be honest, I'm not sure if the pros would have been on. On it, maybe it was a little bit of a recreational cash that was coming probably his way, but yeah, it did end up starting favourite three dollars fifty. And gee, if you were on it, you were you weren't very happy at any stage of the race. I don't think Big V. No, he
1: wasn't. She didn't look comfortable. She was. I think she was caught three wide, but she still had nowhere to go because you had. They were just they just bunched up mid race, and and I think you had uh, streets of Avalon in front of her, and then Mister Quickie behind her, and. You know, she just had nowhere to get out and and I'm just looking at the the last race, the official rating by the time the last race came around was soft seven. But I think it was heavier than that and a lot earlier than that. And I think it's disappointing for the punters that we're not getting accurate track ratings throughout the day. Because when you look at the result of the All Star Mole, and Probables finished eight lengths behind the Herovian and has only just finished in front of still a star, and she's even finished three lengths behind Regalo Di Guitano, you know that that was a very heavy track, and she was just hopeless in it.
0: Yeah, and look, uh, you know, we shouldn't take away from the winners, though, Big V. I think uh, Mugatu obviously franked that form from last year's Cox Plate, and uh, Russian Camelot looks like it'll be up for another good autumn and spring this year uh, after a rest since last year's Melbourne Cup. So... In running, I thought Russian Camelot was the winner on the turn. Uh, I didn't see, uh, I must admit, on first watch how good Mugatu was going in there behind Behemoth. But as soon as the uh, the run came, Hugh Bowman took it and uh, nothing was going to run down Mugatu in the end.
1: Yeah, there were two outstanding rides from Hugh Bowman and Damien Oliver. And I think for Mugatu, the the gap came. I think I heard Hugh Bowman say that he looked like he was in a bit of a precarious position, but you know the gap opened up and he just needed that little bit of luck to win. I think um, we were talking before we started the podcast that you were on Russian Camelot and you just thought Mugetu needed a little bit further, but maybe just the way the track conditions were, sometimes 1,600 can feel like 1,800, 2,000 in those conditions.
0: Yeah, and I think that probably played against Russian Camelot first up as well. Uh, that you know that bit of extra slog, but yeah, I did think Mugatu probably over two thousand or fir- even further than that was needed to take on those horses. But I was uh, I stand corrected on that. I guess moving forward out of the race, a lot of excuses as you mentioned in the in the beaten brigade, and I wouldn't be jumping off too many of them just based on that run. I mean, even before the rain came, it became pretty clear at Mooney Valley that you had to be sort of in the first four or five, or you weren't really going to be putting up much of a show. Uh, a little bit disappointing, really, but uh, those punters that were a little bit patient and uh, were sort of betting race to race could take advantage of some of, those, some of that information.
1: Yeah, that was the lesson I've taken out from Saturday. If, if we're going to get rain during the day, you've just got to hold off a little bit and And uh, I think that's what I've I've got to do if we're going to get these days where, you know, the rain is coming. Because the tricky thing is you don't know when it's going to come and how much it's going to come. And it just came heavier than what I was hoping for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Up in Sydney, mate, I don't know if you had a look up there as well, but we obviously had the Group 1 Coolmore Classic, which this year was taken out by Crone, which uh, I think was a surprise to a few punters there. But... You know, another good run in behind it for Mizzy at, at big odds as well. But uh, what did you make of the race up there?
1: Crony's just in our, in great form at the moment. And that's three straight wins now. So she's just in the zone at the moment. I mean, oh, she won it on the Gold Coast when I was on Snapdance, and I just thought that was a bit, bit of a fluke, maybe the way the track was playing. But then she backed that up last start. And I think, and I think the reason why she might have been double figures again is because of her SP because she's been winning at big odds, I think punters are just thinking, oh, maybe she's just, you know, fluking these wins. She just keep can't keep on going. But, you know, three wins in a row, you know, she's just in great form, a mare in form. And I just think that, you know, maybe the punters just overlooked her again because of her starting prices.
0: Well, that race is, you know, traditionally for me at least, a very hard one to pick. It's, it's often a... Uh... A uh, bit precarious getting too involved. But if you do find the winner, you are rewarded for that. I think Crone had an SP of around $14 and Mizzy in behind at 26 And even Dame Giselle ran well into third there at $18. But I was on uh, Shaylo actually after its nice win last start there at Flemington. Thought it could go up to Sydney and do a little bit of damage and was supported in the market. Started about $7. But yeah, much like the favourite, Forbidden Love never really got into the race. Yeah,
1: Forbidden Love was a big disappointment as well. Yeah, she's mixing up her runs at the moment. Yeah, these, these mayor's races, I don't get involved in them anymore because I used to on Derby Day have a bit of a play in the Maya, or which is now the Empire Rose. And you know these, these mayor's races, you can run them ten times and get 10 different results each time. So I stay away from the mayor's races. and but as you said, if you get the right winner, you can come out with a, a big win, it's just a tough race. And and it's hard to follow the form out of it as well because you get, you know, luck in running and and that type of thing. Even you go back to the Oakley Plate. I mean, the Oakley Plate, the form stands up sometimes with some horses, other horses not so. Mizzy came out of the Oakley Plate; she was beaten three lengths, but then next start uh, has run outstanding behind Sabatiano, nearly won a Group One Canterbury Stakes, and she's backed it up again and gone close into Coolmore. So, yeah, these are the type of races where it's, it is hard to to follow the form because, you know, it depends on the luck of each runner.
0: Well, we might, since you mentioned the Oakley Plate there, mate, we might go to your should have sacked it for the week, which was in race four at Mooney Valley, a race won quite comfortably in the end by Ancestry, but you were pretty bullish about Pandemic's chances in that one. Oh,
1: yeah, it wasn't, not so much... Bullish, but I thought maybe if Ancestry was off his game again, pandemic might take advantage of that. I watched the Oakley plate replay a couple of times, and I really wanted to get into Ancestry, but I just thought his drop off was really dramatic. I know it was, I know he had a hard run up front, but I just I was hoping to see him just maybe fight on for another fifty meters, but he really dropped off, and I just thought it, that just put me off him and I thought if Pandemic was in the right spot wasn't too far away you know he might cause a bit of an upset I was disappointed in the run by Pandemic or the ride I thought Ancestry was on his outside, Ancestry's just jumped gone to the lead and I thought maybe Pandemic could have got the back of Ancestry and instead the winner has just controlled the tempo and has won comfortably
0: yeah look and I Personally, I wouldn't be jumping off Pandemic if I was you, Big V. I think the track and the conditions played perfectly for Ancestry yesterday. Jumped out of the gates a couple lengths clear. Pretty amazing, actually. And, yeah, never really headed. We're talking a high-quality Group 1 horse here, Ancestry. Did start favourite in an Oakley Plate, so obviously the market was supportive of it in that Group 1 race. So was always going to have a little bit on these. But interestingly, uh, the betting was a bit unusual, I thought, with Ancestry... I think opening at about two fifty on on Saturday morning, but you could get three fifty, three sixty at the jump. Yeah, I
1: thought when that was happening that I might have made the right call, not backing Ancestry. Yeah, when I was doing my tips, it was about the two dollar seventy mark and I thought, you know, two seventy is an okay price, but if, if the horse is on, it would be well backed into maybe a two forty chance against this field. If you take away that Oakley plate run, and this is, and he was coming first up into this race. He probably would have been shorter than two fifty, but when he blew out to three forty, three fifty, I thought, oh, maybe you know, is the market telling us something about the horse? Here you know, is he not spot on this campaign? But no, he's just won well, and you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they back up into a William Reed, and he's even—and he's hard to beat there because he he loves the belly.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Uh, well, Big V, we need to have an intervention on a horse. It's uh it's causing us havoc, this horse. We, we we keep jumping on it. And I think we both need to agree that we need to sack it. So it's our combined should have sacked it horse this week. It's up in Rose Hill, race eight, in the uh the Ajax stakes up there. And our sack it combined sacked it, unprecedented, is uh Creadeus, who oh, geez if <laughs> it starts short, doesn't it, Big V? If well, I ever see a two in front of it again, I'm just running away. It's just not good value.
1: Well, I think when you say we keep on falling in for it, I speak for yourself. I think this is the fourth time you've backed it. This was the first time I jumped on because I thought if there's a time to jump on it, maybe this is the time because we know that the horse has got some talent, and I know at Drew Barry I won. one. I was actually not. Good. I was. I wasn't interested in backing it if we had a soft track and that rain that came in Sydney on Friday, I don't know, it must have just missed the track because we got a good four, and I thought, okay, Criadiras is good speed in this race, not only just from Buffalo River, but you've got Grey Worm as well, and this will really break up the field. I mean, the horse jumped slowly out, but he wasn't last in the run, so I wasn't too disappointed where Rachel King had positioned the horse because they were going pretty quick, I thought they might break up the field and there'd be gaps. But, you know, when she wanted him to go, the horse just didn't have any any gears. And and it's just disappointing. I think, and then she's, um, Rachel King has said that the track may have been too firm for him. Well, I think Creed Nearys is the type of horse where, you know, they can't go too slow, they can't go too fast. You know, it's just going to be a risky proposition. And that's my first and only bet. (laughs)
0: I'm heavy on <laughs> oh, Big V, it's a kind of horse. Well, it, It'll win its great one. It'll find a way. Everything will go right one day. The the speed will be right. It'll be feeling good. It'll hit the right spot in the track. I just don't think I'll be on it, Big V, because it, to get back horse already, that's a, a bit of a red flag when you're punting, but you're just not getting a good price about it either. And yesterday, yeah, it was ridden a bit more positively by Rachel King, but I'm not sure if that suited it. I'm not sure if it liked being inside horses, but... I'm happy to uh I'm happy to watch it from now on unless I get a decent price because it just does so much wrong in the race in the running
1: yeah I don't think he was the horse was too much more forward than his normal natural pattern because they were gray worm and gray worm was going really quick creepy deert was you know at least eight lengths off the lead maybe even more so it wasn't I don't think he was taken out of his comfort zone if he was any further back in the field he would have had no hope so at least he was in the Position where he could make up the ground on the winners, he just didn't have that acceleration this time around, and maybe it was because they went too fast for him. He just seems to be that type of horse where he just needs the tempo to be to be right, and that day will come when he's paying six, seven, eight dollars in a in a harder field than this, and he just gets them late.
0: Yeah, when he's going, he certainly reels off some amazing sectional.s What rubbed a little bit of salt into that wound with Creedears was the fact that. A horse that I have been backing in, I think, for the last four or five starts, I Am Superman, uh, happened to win the race at a decent price of around $10. So watching Creed Airs not be able to make up the field and then watching I Am Superman run through made that a very hard watch for me, Big V.
1: Yeah, I think this was the type of race where I think the market wanted Creed Ares because it was a good track. Buffalo River was the drifter because of the conditions. If it was a soft, heavy, they would have come for him so the market liked created the and they ignored everything else i think rock there's some money for rock rock was a good run he might be one to follow as well he's he's coming to about 550 so um he might be in for a, a good campaign just to, depends on the level he goes to i don't think he's a group one horse he's probably probably more a group two group three so we'll see where they where they place rock
0: uh, big V, before we move on to the next week's big card up there in Sydney, I just wanted to touch quickly on race six at Mooney Valley yesterday, the first leg of the Quaddy, which was the, uh, not the no whip race, but I think the, the jockeys were limited to five whips total for the entire event. Uh, it ended up being won by Ruffy Fontaine Diamond. Just interested in your thoughts on that race and how that, I guess, uh, initiative's going with the, uh, with the racing
1: I'm not a fan of the restricted uh, whipperall series. I don't know what I don't know what they're going to get out of it. There's only a few races. I mean, that race yesterday was a lottery, and I think it's a shame that it was the first leg of the quaddy. I think very disappointing. I mean, it, particularly when you've got this is a race where the conditions of the race is unlike 99.999% of every other race that we have on the calendar and we're making it the first leg of the quaddy. i mean we want punters to be engaged with the sport and we don't want them to we don't want to knock them out because we've got this race where we, you're only allowed to strip, whip the horse five times this is a benchmark 80 race but a lot of these horses are benchmark you know 78 72 type horses and we're making it the first leg of the quaddy. i mean we want we want punters to be you know, engage with our racing and engage in the quaddie and give themselves a chance of getting to the third leg, fourth leg. And, you know, we're serving that up to them. That's just treating them with a bit of contempt.
0: Oh, well, you made yourself very clear on that one, Big V. Uh, interestingly, though, this race happened to save my day uh, <laughs> with the winner Fontaine Diamond getting up at around $35. I uh, looked at the field, didn't know any of the horses in it really, to be honest and thought, you know, the track's playing for front runners, playing for leaders, I'm just going to go on my my app and check out what the speed map looks like and I'll, and pick the horse that's the natural leader. And it just popped up that Fontaine Diamond was that, so I had a small little wager each way on it. So <laughs> when they were rounding the turn and no-one was whipping, I was very happy, Big V. It won like a $2 pop, so sometimes uh, you get a bit lucky punting.
1: I don't know what the this trial, what results are going to come out of the trial, and I don't know how you can determine the success or failure of it particularly the the standard of the the horses that are involved and if you're looking at it if it is it because of just because trainers are uh, putting their horses in the race in in these races i don't think that's a a kpi of success because the money they've thrown at this race is $250,000 250,000 for a benchmark 80 race and when you look at the Alistair Clark, which is a group two, is only $200,000. I mean, trainers are going, are going to th- put their horses in these races because the prize money is just too hard to ignore. When you look at the Alistair Clark stakes, I think 20 years ago, you, you got more money for winning the Alistair Clark stakes than what you're getting for the overall. So, you know, if you're going to throw money at these races, you're going to be getting big fields, but I don't know. I don't know if that's a, a measure of the the success of the of the series.
0: Well, whether or not you like it, Big V, these restricted races and and reducing the whip is the way racing is going. It's the way it's going to be. I think it's just getting them in the right position so they've got some of the data, some of the information, because this is just the way racing is going. So whether or not you like it, I think you're going to have to live with it, Big V, because it's definitely yeah, we're going to see more of it rather than less.
1: Yeah, well, probably no different for another time. I don't even even think that we've got an issue at the moment with our current, current rip rules. But, yeah, we'll move on to other matters. There's just one point I wanted to make from the Valley was, I mentioned the Alistair Clark Stakes. I, just, I wasn't on Cherry Tour Tony, but I just thought the tactics were a bit disappointing. The horse finally draws a barrier, and it's three wide, back in three wide, and then it's back to last in the run. I, I think the horses that were drawn barrier one, two, and three, they all just jumped and waited for the outside horses to find their spots. In the meantime, Cherry Tortoni could have just gone a couple of lengths forward and found a spot midfield, but instead they were just waiting, waiting, waiting for the outside horses to come across. And then because of that, he's trapped three wide, and they've to go back last in the field. So, yeah, just disappointing they didn't use that barrier on an odds-on favourite.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And they, they really have made Cherry Tor Tony a, a sort of a horse that settles last or right at the back of the field. And it's interesting. I can remember it running, last time it ran at Moody Valley, actually, where it led all the way from memory in a race there, or at least was very prominent in the running. And I'm I'm just wondering, especially with yesterday, with the way the track was playing, why they would choose to go back. But, you know, it's a low percentage play, particularly around courses like Mooney Valley to be settling last or second last in running. And, yeah, we saw Grand Slam, uh, well-rated by Jamie Carr, absolutely obliterate them in that one.
1: Before I go on to Grand Slam, just with Cherry Tortoni, in, in a lot of its past runs, barriers have, you know, just... Taken their decision making away from them You know, In the Australian Guineas Barrier 15 of 15 Okay, You've got to go back uh, In the CSAs drew barrier 5 But that was a first up run So no issues going back first up If you've got further targets up ahead And in the Derby you're drawing 14 of 14 So it's been tough If you're drawing these wide gates uh, Just on Grand Slam Again Jamie Carr Caught them napping Went, went forward I mean, Grand Slam came out of the Australian Guineas and finished five lengths behind Cherry Tony. drew Barrier 14 that day, and they and like Cherry Tony, back in the field. First up, Barrier 12, back in the field. Now, this time around, Barrier 6 in an eight-horse field, you know, you've got a fit horse. The connections or the, the trainers have decided, let's go forward and see what happens, and they just got away with an easy win.
0: Yeah, well, as we always talk about, being up front very important in Australian racing, and some of these horses we've talked about today, Criadiras, Cherry Tony. you know, you don't put yourself in the best spot by settling at the last in some of these big races. Now, Big V, I do want to move, look ahead and move on to the big meeting up there in Sydney next week, in particular the Golden Slipper, which is, uh, you know, looking very interesting, I think, this year, and like most years, a lot of big chances in it. Have you settled on your top pick for the race? Yeah, yes and no. I think, um, yeah, I don't want to make the same mistake I did with the All-Star Mile and pick a horse and, you know, get stuck with it. So I've got to be a bit more flexible <laughs>
1: here. Uh, I am sticking with Profiteer. It just depends on how much rain Sydney gets during the week and there's a lot forecast. But Profiteer's got a win on the on the soft five. But it was a big win as well. So, you yeah, we know, we don't know how... These horses can handle soft sevens or if you get to a heavy range. But if we're getting a good track, you know, maybe soft five, soft six, then I'm going to stick with Profiteer.
0: Yeah, look, it's really hard with the two-year-olds. The exposed form just isn't there. Uh, a number of these mightn't even seen a heavy track. So if you are expecting a lot of rain up there in Sydney, it's going to be a tough one to work out. Uh, all things being equal, I'm on Profiteer too. I thought last start, just held back. Uh, didn't wasn't extended the way, way it could be, and just really primed for this Golden Slipper race. So, yeah, if all things being equal, I'm with you there, Big V. But uh, it mightn't be equal. We don't know, as you say, with all the rain and with the way the track's playing on the day. Uh, the other race I wanted you to uh, give us a tip in uh, was the Rose Hill Guineas, Big V. Any early thoughts on that race?
1: Well, I think the Mwanga is all the rage. But then again, you're looking, we're talking about careers we're going to be picking a horse that's going to get back in the field and barriers will be, will be important. At the moment, he's paying 280. Do you want to get involved at 280 with a horse that's going to get back in the field? And, you know, maybe near last, even if the horse draws well, you know, the mistake that we can make a lot of the time as punters, you know, when horses draw well, we might, we assume that, they're going to use that barrier and be closer in the run and that's not necessarily the case. So yeah, Mwanga looks the winner but I'm not going to take the short price for it.
0: Yeah, you're only getting 280 Mwanga. I mean we talked about how good a run that was last week but uh you know Lions Raw beat it uh $4.50 yeah. there in the market too but who knows. Yeah,
1: no reason to suggest why Lions Raw can't win again.
0: Exactly. Another big race up there will be the Galaxy Big V, and we've got Hortbury on her and Wild Ruler, $5 apiece as favourite. Eduardo, after its big week uh, win last week over Nature Strip, $6. And a horse that likes really flies first up, Libertini at $8. Yeah, I like Hortbury on her
1: here. She's got a win on the soft and I think a second on the heavy, so maybe the conditions won't be um, against her. She looked pretty good in her trial. Eduardo yeah Eduardo I I beat nature strip and he's gone really well for Joe Pride just wonder if that that run has taken a bit out of him or but he's the horse that I'm, I'm concerned about Eduardo if I'm gonna back walk on her because Eduardo can just do anything he can he can just, he can produce a, a blistering run or sometimes he can just throw in the odd the poor one so yeah Eduardo's is one that worries me if I'm getting on Hawkeby on
0: her. Look, I'm looking at that and liking the look of $8 Libertini, but a race up there in Sydney to round out some of the group ones is the George Rider, and I can see there that Colding is currently the favour of that, uh, But just next to Funstar. And Arcadia Queen, are we expecting Arcadia Queen to go up there and take, out, take on that field?
1: I don't see Arcadia Queen in the market, but maybe could be at nomination... On Monday, when the, the noms come out, I think Colding just needs a dry track. And, you know, at the moment, it looks like you might not get it.
0: Mm. We've got Mask Crusader in that race as well, who obviously looked pretty good last start as well. But Big V, uh, you know, we had that big meeting yesterday. There was pretty hard to take too much out of the Mooney Valley meeting. I think there was a lot of hard luck stories in behind the winners there. But a couple of horses that I think are worth following out of the race, Uh, obviously Ancestry I think it reaffirmed its dominance and you know, as I said did start as an Oakley Plate favourite for a reason but the other one we didn't mention was Persan who uh, managed to win its first up run and on track for another Cup tilt this year and it's a super consistent horse mate and I was a little bit surprised to see it win I must say
1: Yeah I tipped it on top but I thought I might have made a mistake there because he's drawn the wide, drawn the widest barrier first up. I thought it maybe I might have underestimated too close to sun, but I think he's pulled up lame. So because of that, you know, Persan is the one that's been able to take advantage of that and won. So he's, yeah, you just think with him, he can just go on with it now as he steps up in distance.
0: Yeah, I'd be sticking with Persan. I think it's a, it's a very consistent good horse that I think you know, having ran 5th in the Cup last year is no reason why it can't have a really good go at it this year. Uh, any horses to follow from your perspective Big V? Any that stood out for you yesterday?
1: No, there's not too many. Maybe Russian Camelot, he might be the obvious. I mean he can handle wet and dry. That was a good run first up. I don't know, not too much in Sydney. The 2 year olds I don't think will have too much of an impact in the Golden Slipper. I think in the Sky... I think Spirit Rich is um, he won a few races in um, December Jan in the summer cup and the January Cup. He might be one to follow. I don't know if he's a group one horse, but we'll see where he goes. So that's uh, Spirit Rich from Sydney.
0: Great stuff Big V. Well uh, that's just about all we've got time for for this uh, episode of the Should've Backed It podcast. Big day yesterday, Big V, trying to avoid rain and keep up with the track conditions, but I think we came out of it reasonably well uh, and can look forward to some big meetings up there in Sydney over the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope the, the rain stays away. But it's it's a lot harder when the rain comes on the day of the race, of the races. So you know, you know you're playing on a soft or heavy track, you can adjust accordingly. But you know, let's just hope we get some good racing over the next couple of weeks. And on some good tracks.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks, Big V. Thanks for your time and, and running us through a big day at uh, Mooney Valley and Rose Hill. And to our listeners, thank you for checking in. Hope you're following us on the Twitter handle. We're going okay there, I think, Big V. We were head to head yesterday, which is a little bit unprecedented for us in, in one of the races. But uh, yeah, the, the Twitter handle's going well at Shoulda Backed It. As always, good luck on the punt.